bring it up for Ohio State. You've waited all day for this. Don't let that team stay in the way. He's going to take it to the house. 85 yards. Down the right side going Devin Smith. Got it at the five and into the end zone. Touchdown. The one show that's nothing but the Buckeyes. Oh, grab record for the touchdown. Kraft shoots it high on the right for three. This is the Buckeye Show. Presented by Schottenstein Roofing. For top quality and a price match guarantee, visit SchottensteinRoofing.com. Happy Friday to all you fine Buckeye fans. I hope you've had a great week. Let's finish it off strong. Let's finish it together. I'm Timmy Hall. We got the Bode Man back there as we get going. There's been so much to talk about around the Blocko, and ever since the Ohio State football season ended, it's just been nonstop news. I mean, nonstop news. I uh, I do want to give the Bode Man a little round of applause because I heard... That the employee of the year race here at the fan was very close. It was so close. Now he got edged out by another stalwart here, evil bald Colin, another close friend. But Bodie, doesn't it feel good to know that you were close? You were you were right in that in that top three is is what I can confirm is how close I know that it was. I don't know exactly know what the numbers were, but when you had that performance at the meeting. You just skyrocketed right up there, and you gave Evil a hell of a chase to the finish line. Yeah, well-deserved for Colin. I certainly didn't know that. I wouldn't even really put myself in the top three because I think between some of the work you've done, Timmy, and a lot of the work that Colin's done, and a lot of people, frankly, as we've had a little bit of, uh, what do we want to say, a management shift and whatnot, kind of late summer into early football season in the fall and whatnot, I wouldn't really put myself up there, but I appreciate that from you and from anybody else who might have thrown my name in there. And Certainly well-deserved for Colin for all the work that he's been doing, both on Rothman and Ice, traveling for all the football games. I'm still jealous he got to go to South Bend, although the way that one ended, I maybe wouldn't have wanted to be in attendance with that one for Notre Dame, but well-deserved for Colin, for sure. (laughs) Well-deserved. Well, look at us. What a happy family. You're saying good things about me. I'm saying good things about you. Just hugging and kissing all over the place. Everybody love everybody. Just loving all over the place. So I I will tell you, I'm not going to make you wait too long for this one tonight. At 619, I I will give you the Steve Urkel story. And if you've been with us for a long, long time, at 11 or 12, I, I start to lose track now. When you get in, when you've passed 10 years and you're not quite to 15, they're like, they're lost. They're just lost. It's like once you turn 30 and then all those years before you turn 40, you're just kind of... You're just in your 30s. Just hanging around. There's not really any <laughs> benchmark. You, 35 is not a, really a benchmark birthday. 30 is a big one. 40 is the next one. Then I then I think it's just every decade. I, I think that's all it is. 50, 60. Hope you keep hanging on. <laughs> hope you get to the next decade if you want. But I'll give you the Steve Urkel story. If you've heard it before, it's a great one. And I'll give it in full detail because of what we finished the show last night talking about entertainment that we've seen at NBA games that didn't have to do with the game that was played on the court. And it's the most vivid memory that I've got from my childhood. I mean, I I don't think I was 10 years old when this thing happened, and it is just stuck there in the old brain forever. So you'll get that. But boy, we had a lot going on with Bill O'Brien being named the offensive coordinator at Ohio State. And I got to tell you, this one is interesting, and a lot of people are stoked about this. I'm kind of in the middle. I mean, we said what we said on yesterday's show, Tyvis and I, before we knew that this was official, 
when Jason Candle's name was floated out there, and that one came before there was any hint of Bill O'Brien, I already kind of got excited for a move like that. And yeah, Bill O'Brien's resume doesn't even really compare to Jason Candle's just with where he's been. You're talking about a guy that was the head coach at Penn State. He was the head coach of the Houston Texans right after that. Then, you know, he already had a long stint with New England, with the, with the Patriots, excuse me, before that time. So this is somebody that has been at big, big time stops collegiately and professionally. The two years as an OC at Alabama and then just most recently in New England where they were terrible. And that's the end of the Bill Belichick era. And then he gets the opportunity here. But Candle was just one of those guys that if you pay attention to the Mid-America Conference, if you if you love Mac football, I know we got a lot of people here that either went to OU or went to Kent or went to Akron, Toledo, wherever. The guy's been putting up some impressive numbers for where they are. And you generally will take a look at that conference to give some of the next wave their opportunity. You'll see you'll see guys go from head coaches in the Mac to getting, you know, one of their one of those spots at like a Kansas type of program where Lance Leipold is now, who's become a hot name. But I just was starting to feel some buzz with with a guy like Jason Candle. I thought that he would be a, a perfect fit, but you swing bigger than that. You go with a much bigger name here. And it's it's not about to to me, I don't think you're winning the hire anymore at Ohio State. I think that so much has happened now in terms of players that have come back. You get a transfer quarterback to come in here. You've got Jim Knowles now that's going into the final year of his deal. And you know what's expected of those guys defensively. You've already seen them take a step on that side of the ball and stop giving up big plays. I think the next thing you're looking for for Jim Knowles and company is to make sure you both sides, really offense and defense. The goal is for both people to be able to say, well, we did everything we could and better yet. The fan base can't even really point to one side of the ball and say, Oh my God, if the offense just would have held up its end of the bargain or Vice versa, if the defense just would have held up its end of the bargain, like you look at 2018 with Dwayne doing all that stuff, right? 2019, can't really say that. They didn't win the national championship, but it was such a good team, such a good roster. Both sides were helping each other out in unison. Neither side was slacking off and losing the offense or the defense football games. It just happened. They ran into Clemson. Weird things happen in that football game. You can look at coaching. You can look at decision-making, fumbling the football there. Officials. Officials, uh, yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, Sean Wade with the targeting on Trevor, Trevor Lawrence, Lawrence. Yeah. and the catch that was a catch and then a fumble that was just ruled incomplete. Is that Justin Ross? Was it that? was either him or Higgins. Or I can't T. remember Higgins. which ones. Yeah. Which one it was. Yeah. One My vote's on Ross. But but either way, so I mean I get why people are gonna be gaga over the Bill O'Brien hire, but I just I can't get there right now. I can't get there with what's expected, with what you have to do. I will be there if this winds up working. I think this is the biggest hire that Ryan Day's ever made. We already know where we're going and what has to be done, what box you have to check at the end of the regular season with a home game against that team up north, against Michigan. You've got to do that. And you can point to Bill O'Brien having beautiful offensive numbers at Alabama and Heisman Trophy winner and Bryce Young and how it was the defense's fault. Look at what 
you know, their defense gave up in the four games that they lost in those two years. You can give me all that. You can you can give it to me. I think maybe his best coaching job was his first year as the head coach at Penn State. I think that might be the best when he's eight and four. And I believe he referred to his team as some effers. Just said it right into the ESPN cameras. I'd play it for you if I found some audio that was worthwhile. <laughs> but I also didn't, couldn't really make the edit because he just looked <laughs> yeah. right into the camera and called his Penn State players some effers was in a like, good way. Okay, I couldn't yeah. tell. Was it like like hard? B-A-M-F? Yeah, you know? okay. like B-A-M-F. Nice. It's the one that says bad effers. Yeah. <laughs> like, like Jules from Pulp Fiction. It was like that. Like physical, tough, eight and four with that pile that they had to fix. They had to build that back up with what was left there after Joe Pa and Sandusky. I mean, you talk about a miserable task to have to walk in there and clean that up. They were talking about the death penalty for them. And a lot of people were saying, okay, go ahead. One of the more heinous things that was ever overlooked in sport, just not just sports history, but maybe ever. And you talk about just big news stories that have broken. I still remember the Bob Costas TV interview with Sandusky. That's one of those things where I, I have the, the Tiger Woods press conference that lives in me where I was working at a place where everybody gathered in the little lunch cafeteria to watch it when he had the big scandal with his previous wife, Elon, and he did the weird press conference in the dark room. It was like, where are we? Like, where did we... <laughs> what banquet room did you pick to do this presser? But it was, it was one of those things for me that, that, that sticks out. But this guy, he comes in with, with a good resume, with some accomplishments, the job he did at Penn state as a head coach. But on the other side, you can definitely look and say everywhere you've been, you have been either under the greatest NFL coach ever or the greatest college football coach ever, which was only a couple years. And again, you know, give him some credit for, over 500 as a head coach in the NFL with the Houston Texans, but it didn't ultimately work out. And like I said, what he did at Penn State. But other than that, he had his time in New England, had his time in Alabama, didn't get a national championship. I, I can't sit here and tell you that it was because of Bill O'Brien. I mean, pro football focus before 2023. And this was not a good year for New England, of course. But before the year started, they were tabbing him as the best offensive coordinator, the best offensive coordinator in the National Football League. Again, numbers are numbers. Talk is talk. You're going into a season at Ohio State. You got to win, baby. You know, we, we talked about, you know, would you be upset if you, quote unquote, bought this team this year? No, but it brings the pressure on. Now, Ryan Day, and I don't know if he's going to give up full autonomy. We talked about this yesterday, but you're not bringing in a Bill O'Brien with all of his experience to just give him a little bit. I mean, you're going to be in the meeting rooms, but when game day comes around, Bill O'Brien has to feel like he's in charge of the offense. Obviously, Ryan Day is an offensive-minded head coach, so he's at the top, but it's all about delegating. One thing I respect about Day is when pushes come to shove and something had to be done, when the defense was sagging off, he had to go out and make a hire, and he brought Jim Knowles in. Now, when the offense did it this past year, he had to do something, and Brian Hartline, we've wanted to just sort of see him excel and shoot up there and get that job. This tells you he's not quite ready for that, but he's still on the staff as a co-offensive coordinator, so it's it's big. It's big. It's the biggest hire that Ryan Day has made, and it's got to work. We were talking about the Ohio State marching band doing script Ohio at the Cavs game, and it turned into the more unique things we've seen at basketball games, so you're going to get my all-time best story. There's nothing made up in it. I swear to God, it's next. It's the Buckeye Show on the Fan. 
Tweet from a listener. Are you carrying the Buckeye game today? Considering we've never not carried one, yes. The answer is yes. The fan. Just counting down the days to March Madness. Back to the Buckeye Show. Timmy Hall with you. Happy Friday. By the way, the Buckeye Show is sponsored by our friends at CareSource and by Schottenstein Roofing. For top quality and a price match guarantee, visit SchottensteinRoofing.com. Big basketball weekend coming up here. As we've got the men's game against Penn State tomorrow. Gotta win to stop the bleeding on a three-game skid. That's at noon right here on The Fan. I'll be here at 11 a.m. to warm you up for it. And Sunday at noon here on The Fan. That's right. FM, baby. The women's basketball team playing Iowa, and it is sold out. Incredible, right? I do think we talked about this, Evil Bald Colin and I. We've got some content up for you on our family of podcasts. You go to 971thefan.com. You can find it there or anywhere you get your audio. You can download the Buckeye Show anywhere you get your sound. Also can download Mad About Hoops. And we talked about this in our little Buckeye Breakdown segment. We always put that in the second segment on the pod. And what's going to have a bigger crowd? Just when it's all said and done, forget about tickets sold, butts in seats, attendance, men's game Saturday at noon, women's game Sunday at noon. I definitely think it's the women's game Sunday at noon because of the Caitlin Clark factor and the Ohio State women are really good. Really good team right now. Ranked. And it's cool. It's cool that that's happening. Resale tickets are available. Ticketmaster.com, the Ohio State Buckeyes app or the Ticketmaster app. So you can find them there. So the story here. So the story. Talking about Dustin Fox threw a tweet up there yesterday. Great Buckeye, Dustin Fox, sports radio guy in Cleveland. And he was at a Cavs game. And how cool was it that the best damn band in the land, or at least a variation of it, I don't know if it was the alumni band or the actual one, but who cares, right? The alumni band's fantastic. Anywhere you see them. They did Script Ohio on the court there at a Cavs game. Little neat thing to drop in and see. It got us thinking about some other in arena things. Red Panda, unicycle lady, catch the bowls on her head. I hear, I hear she was having the, some drops in one of her recent performances. Washed hope, up. Hope she hasn't lost a step. People are asking. Yeah, I mean, they want to know. <laughs> How about the one gal who, it's like a, a guy and a gal, and they throw the hoop up, he throws it up, he drops it, and then boom, clothes changed, new wardrobe. How do they do it? I don't know. She doesn't have a million outfits just stuck onto her body. <laughs> It's not that, because they're, they're, they're tight, baby. But this story here, I take you back to 1992, all right? Me, I am just a boy, just a young lad, loving basketball, loving doing things with my dad, like any kid was who has a good dad. You know, he took me places. We, we usually went to high school hoops. That was our thing, because where I grew up in Northern Virginia, it wasn't the easiest thing to get up to, to Washington, D.C. on a weeknight, but we, we had the grocery stores in, in Nova, not Giant Eagle. They just were called Giant. That was the, the big chain grocery store there. And every now and then, Giant would run this deal. This is how sad Bullets basketball was, right? And they eventually, <laughs> Yeah, you, they, they eventually had uh, their famous sportscaster, George Michael and the Sports Machine, who had a nat- that show was syndicated nationally before ESPN was as big as it was. He did the whole campaign to change the Bullets name and send him into that new era. And they've never been the same. I wish they didn't change the name because the name was cool. But Giant would do the deal where if you would buy 
various boxes of cereal or chips, you'd get free tickets. <laughs> that Just like that. Free tickets to go to the Bullets. They'd be the vouchers. Then you'd turn them into the ticket office and you'd sit up in the 300 level. Simple as that. So we go. It's a weeknight. You know, having a blast. Like driving up there on the Beltway. Me and my dad listening to tunes. Listening to some DC sports talk. We get up there. And he likes to be places early. I mean, really early. Walking fast. Getting there early. Come on. Come on, Tim. Keep up. Let's go. Let's go. Let's get up there. Dad, there's a hundred people here. It's five o'clock. <laughs> the game starts at seven thirty. Okay. So we get there and uh, we get the tickets. We go up to the 300 level. We're, we're hanging out. We're having a good time. It's, it's great. And before long, a guy in a suit comes by and he sees if he wants to, to have us be a part of a promotion. But we got to like play the game. He asks us if we want to sit in courtside seats. And so, yeah, duh, we want to sit in courtside seats. So easy to take that deal. The catch was we had to be on the Jumbotron and act all happy that we were picked. And then like the riffraff from the upper deck, we we're going to walk down to courtside seats for a Bullet Sonics game with Hoops, the mascot, doing his thing. So we do that. We go down there. I mean, we're close to Sean Kemp. He's sweating on us. Gary Payton, the glove. He's down there. And we noticed that there's a commotion there. And sitting four rows in front of us and to the left is not Jaleel White, because I'm eight years old, mind you. I don't understand this. It's Steve Urkel. Steve Urkel, suspenders, glasses, jeans, watching the game. Just watching the game. And every so often, people are coming up and saying hi to him. And I want to get my autograph, you know. After a while, my dad's egging me on. Go and get it. Go and get the autograph. Go up there. Just don't be shy. And so I eventually work up the courage to do that. And again, not understanding this, why it's Steve Urkel in character. There were no cameras around. They weren't doing a, a part of the show. So I go up there and I got my ticket stub. You know, I've got my Sharpie there. I'm ready to go. I'm, I'm nervous. I'm going in and I reach in there and he's sitting there like all taut and his back is straight and his suspenders are all good. I go in there to hand him the ticket. He drops my Sharpie. He just like fumbles it around. I'm like, oh no, where is it? I lean down to go and get it. He cracks heads with me. While I'm going to get the marker, I kid you not, he gives it to me. Did I do that? <laughs> did I do that? He says, did I do that? I'm white as a ghost. White as a ghost. I can't talk for the next quarter. I go back to see my dad anyway. That's the Urkel story. That's, that's what happened to me. Time's up. Jackets are coming up. Mad about hoops replay tomorrow at 9 a.m., uh, the craziest story that's ever happened to me, meeting Urkel in real life there. But everybody, have a great weekend. Jackets Hockey, now on the fan. The Buckeye Show is sponsored by CareSource. Proud to be your home for Ohio State Athletics. The Fan, Ohio sports destination.